Hello, I am Dr. Melissa Detweiler, and I am a veterinarian turned podcaster. Veterinarian turned podcaster. So tell, how did you get started doing podcasting? Where did this come from? Oh my gosh, how much time do you have? <laughs> actually, we have all the time in the world. <laughs> that you know, right before I jumped on today, I was actually trying to go back. I knew, I just knew you were going to ask me that, and I was trying to look, go back, and figure out the timeline of it all. And it's such a like long journey. But I, so this, if you're not in the industry, the veterinary industry, um, the fetch conference, it may not mean a whole lot to other people, but I know Brendan to you, it does. Yep. Um, yep. fetch DVM 360 conference. Yeah. 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 So I have been an attendee of that conference in the Kansas city area for many years. And in 2017, so summer of 2017, I sat in on a talk by some other women in the veterinary field who were doing all kinds of great stuff. And the title of that lecture, if you want to call it a lecture, um, it was a lot more interactive than that, but it was finding your slash career. So veterinarian slash fill in the blank. <laughs> okay. And, and it really resonated with me. I had been struggling with burnout in the profession. I haven't, I had not been terribly fulfilled in my practice life and was just kind of struggling and looking for something else to kind of fill in those blanks. And when they started talking about that, I was thinking, man, yeah, I need to do something different or add to what I'm currently doing. I'd always loved writing. And I, I kind of thought that's the direction I was ultimately going to go. And, and when you say writing, what kind of writing are you talking about? All kinds of writing. Back in high school, honestly, I thought I wanted <laughs> to be a novelist, but I also thought I wanted to be a movie star too. So. <laughs> But I lived in Southern California, so that's what every girl in high school thought. So, um, but I just liked more commentary, um, just essays, that kind of thing. And I just had a lot of thoughts in my head, and I kind of wanted to just write about. I really wanted to write just about being a veterinarian in general, but I didn't know how exciting that was to everybody. And I knew that other veterinarians maybe didn't want to read about that. So um, I, I kind of went back and forth on what do I want to do with it? And I thought that maybe the avenue I should go was to be an online, I don't want to say personality, but I kind of started forming this idea of having a blog and having a website that was actually geared towards the term I'm going to use as pet parents. Um, okay. And I wanted to say the things to, to the pet parents that maybe I held back from saying in the exam room. I wanted to sort of have an advice column, if you will, uh, for people who were starting their pet parenting journey. And, but I wanted to have a bit of an edge to it. I wanted to be able to just, like I said, say the things that I was always afraid to say in the exam room. And that kind of led me to building a blog, um, and a website that, that took on all of that. Okay. And I recruited an old high school friend to help me with the website because I had no money allocated for this project. So, <laughs> And I was not willing to spend hardly any money on it. And so I knew a guy who knew a guy. And, you know, so he kind of helped me learn the ins and outs of websites and that. And, and I gave him a little bit of money to help me get started. And it was at his encouragement that I start doing some audio stuff. And I was petrified of that. I said, oh, I never really liked the sound of my recorded voice. But he really kind of pushed me into it just to give it a try. And I had a lot of fun with it. I found pretty quickly that I liked the format of recording. And it was what, just... What is this first audio that you... What kind of first audio did you do? They were little, just like 30 to 60 second MP3 blurbs that I thought were just going to be audio files on the blog. Like they yes. were just going to be... They weren't going to be an actual podcast. They were just going to be just these little audio clips that people could download and listen to. Um and I really hadn't really thought about a true podcast. I had listened to some podcasts. I consumed several of them just personally, but it never seemed like anything that I, it seemed like a very far off 
thing. Like, there's no way I could do that. I mean, shoot, that must, you must have to have lots of professional recording equipment to do a podcast. And that, I mean, there's, how do you get Apple to pay attention to you? I can't imagine being able to be on, be on Spotify. I mean, nobody, who can do that? That's not something that little old me can do with, at the time, my iPhone and, um, my earbuds were my, were what I recorded into. I used the voice memo app on my phone. I mean, that was what I was recording. Yeah. And so I, and so it took about a year, really about exactly a year later, because I was at a fetch conference. And I remember also kind of hearing in one of the discussions that the editors of the magazine who were putting on the conference we're going to be available to just come say hi and chat and introduce yourself. And it was like somebody throwing a brick at my head and saying, you need to go say hi to those people. And <laughs> so I walked over there. I had no idea what I was actually going to say. I had printed up a few little business cards of the website and the blog, just because it's really cheap to do that. And again, I was, everything had to be cheap in my world. And I just kind of handed my card and said, hi, I'm doing this. And I don't know what any of this means, but I just thought I would just say hello. And that kind of led into a chain of being able to contribute some articles. I kind of got an email from a certain editor at the magazine at the time who said, pitch me some stuff. Yeah. And, you know, and I think it just, that was podcast number one, um, and in all of that, I, I, I skipped over a whole bunch there, I guess. Um, feel free to edit out as much of this rambling as oh, you no, want. Oh, no, there's uh, there's no <laughs> editing of, of your ramble. I'm, so I, I totally get the trajectory of you started with the audio stuff. You started writing articles. Um, where did – so how many how many podcasts do you have now, and, wh- and what are they? Like, how do, what, are, what are the order they came out in, and which ones are still active? So I have, I have two. Okay. Uh, the first – so the first one so, – it was an extension of the website. It was this vet's voice is the website. And I ended up being motivated to create an actual real life podcast because I was part of another, um, professional group, uh, membership group. That was a lot of entrepreneurs that all different professions, not veterinary related at all. In fact, I think I might still be the only veterinarian in that group, but it's led by a podcaster that I listen to who is about business development, career development, um, he's a huge following and I was inspired to go ahead and join their membership group, uh, which is you pay a few dollars a month. It's not terribly expensive. Um, but it's been incredibly monumental in kind of progressing me forward. And they happen to open up these little, what I call mini masterminds, these small groups that you could jump in on. You met once a week for four to six weeks led by one of their advisors. And, and one of them was how to start a podcast. And I, I saw it and I thought, huh, I wonder what that's all about. And so on a whim, I jumped into that. It was actually led by uh, Dan, the podcaster that kind of was in charge of all of it. Yeah. And which was such an amazing opportunity looking back being able to be mentored in that group and there was this audio editor engineer there was a bunch of people and and several that are like me that just had no idea what it actually meant to start a podcast and they really walked us through the the steps of doing it and I learned gosh it's really not that hard you <laughs> have to have a whole lot really and took a lot of the scariness out of it and that encouraged me to go ahead and launch the podcast for this vet's voice, which I had a ton of fun doing, which again was taking on the persona of this veterinarian um, and giving advice to people and pet parenting advice. Wait, can I ask you if that is interesting? Um, so, uh, when you say taking on the persona, did you, I mean, it is not, do you kick off each podcast episode with, this is Dr. The, do you mm-hmm. look, are, is it you? Is it like a nom de plume, like a pseudonym? How is it managed? Originally, yes, it was um, an, what I would say an alter ego. I had changed my name up a little bit to Lissa Lynn DVM. Okay. 
which was just a play on my name. And that was really because I'll be honest, I was terrified to put myself out into the internet world when all this started. And I really wanted to respect, um, my practice and my partners. And I was, I was very concerned because if you put yourself out there online, you open yourself up to all of it and everything. And I, and people are very passionate about their pets. And I had some concerns that I may say something that might not resonate with everyone. And if you can imagine that. And so (laughs) I didn't necessarily wanted to, I did not want to put my actual practice, my real life practice up for, um, anything like that. So I, I kind of try to keep it somewhat separate. Not that did it would have been hard you, to figure out. In doing that podcast, did that make you more free under the alter ego? So you felt like if you were talking to a client in the exam room, that is a different kind of conversation or a different conversation. If you were projecting your practice out into the world, that was a different thing than you could talk about and how you could speak on that podcast. Yeah. And at first it was my security blanket. It okay. was, it was, you know, because I was so new to it and I was so nervous about about that kind of thing that I really felt like, okay, I can kind of hide under this little umbrella here. It, I, it felt like it freed me up a little bit to to be, because the tagline was your veterinarian unfiltered. So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of used that as, it was a little bit of a crutch. I mean, just to, but I needed that. I needed to have that little parachute, I guess, um, to be able to say that now as time has gone on and it's been, gosh, going on two years since I started that one. And that one I will say is not as active because I have shifted my focus to the second one, which I'll talk about in just a second. Um, but I found out that it was kind of silly at that point. I I really wasn't getting the kickback. Maybe it's because I wasn't getting the following that I thought maybe I would originally have. I didn't have, you know, thousands of listeners every month. Um, Can I ask, did you, did you have a, when you set that up, did you have just a plan to try this or did you actually build a thing that says, I want to hit this goalpost at this time. And if I don't, I'm going to rethink this. Um, It depends on who you ask me or my husband. Um, (laughs) Okay. What would your husband say? (laughs) He was really hoping that this would turn into, you know, a a gold mine and a huge money making opportunity. Okay. But, you know, for those people who have attempted podcasting, you quickly find that it is very hard to make any money at podcasting. And and a lot of it is for me, I still work full time. I practice full time. I have a very busy family. I do this on the side. I do this in my free minutes. And so I can't and to build a podcast that's going to make money. It's like building a business. And I don't have time to build another business right now. So um, so it's really just been kind of a passion project. But as far as benchmarks, no, I didn't have anything in mind because I had no idea what benchmarks were. Yeah. I was so new to it. I had no idea if 10 downloads a month were good or 10,000 download, downloads a month were any good. Yeah. And it turns out it's all over the board, all over the <laughs> And that was do, one thing that... Do you uh, listen to a spectrum of podcasts, both ones that get almost no followers and no listens and the huge ones? Oh, yeah, for okay. sure. For sure. I have some other friends in, in all different genres and um, professions that have podcasts. So I have one who's... She's a child psychologist. She's got one. I have a friend who's a pastor in Southern California. So she's had... She's now on her second one as well. You know, I've got lots of, we joke around that everybody has a podcast and (laughs) (laughs) it's kind of a running joke, but, um, yeah, so I have friends who are doing it and then I also have, and even some that are not people that I'm close with that I just enjoy. I found through links and mentions by other, other podcasters and then lots of that are very well known and, you know, have all kinds of corporate sponsorship and, but I'm all over the board with this first podcast. Did you set up a schedule and it sort of fell off or kind of you would do the podcast and you were inspired about something or both? I really set out at first. I was very motivated. I had a lot of, I brainstormed a lot of titles and topics. I said, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to write about, I'm not going to write. I'm going to talk about these different things. And I had a bunch of ideas right off the the fly. I thought, okay, this is gold. I can, I can do this. 
And I would, it was a mix of sort of, I would kind of type them out. I don't want to say they were scripted, but for me, it was easier to kind of have them outlined at least a little bit. And um, because it's really, really weird to talk into an empty room with nobody in it. That was a huge hurdle for me to get over is I'm going to sit in this room. I'm going to talk into a microphone and nobody's... (laughs) here (laughs) there's nobody there (laughs) i'm staring at sound waves on my computer and i have to act like i'm having a conversation with somebody it was that was very not natural to do that so so i would and i was so self-conscious about making any mistakes i would record 15 takes for 30 seconds worth of audio I'd spend an hour editing that and taking out every little um and like and pause and just my OCD really took over. <laughs> you could just see the little air. You would listen to yeah. it. You'd yeah. hear the air when you did it. And you'd stop and start again. Yep. And it's all yep. done. Go back at the end and like you wanted to take out every little thing. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I still get a little hung up on that and I'm doing I'm doing better about it. But um, and I had taken a little voiceover course, too, because. Uh, I had heard, I had read or heard that if you do some voiceover training, it can help you just learning how to talk into a mic. And so I did sign up for a little, little intro to voiceover, which really was very helpful, I thought. But um, see, there's my um. Uh, <laughs> so well, I. That's the interesting. I can, that's, I wonder if I hear your voiceover work. I, I, I really want, especially your second podcast. I want to talk mm-hmm. about that. It kicks off and probably your, your um, first veterinary one does too. I feel like the intro is a mm-hmm. little more scripted and it's got that kind of like voiceover actress sound to it. And then you get into the conversation on the second podcast, you get into the conversation with your friends and then it's everything, then it's back to like normal. It's, I <laughs> yeah. like the, the contrast is interesting. Yeah, we did that. And I kind of did that with the first one too. I, in talking to other podcasters and being on different social media groups with podcasters, again, what I have learned is there are no rules. And everybody will tell you that their way is the best way. And that's the only way you should do it. (laughs) But when I I look at the podcasts that I listen to, and they are all over the place, nobody does it the same. And that doesn't bother me in the slightest. When I listen to it, I just listen to it for what it is. And if I enjoy the content, I listen. And so I've listened to some that have zero intros whatsoever. And that's cool. And I have some that have a four-minute intro. That's a bit long for me, and I generally wow. skip over oh, those. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, I, but I, for us, we liked, and for me, the way I liked it is having it made it simpler in the editing process, just to have a pre-recorded. This is what it is, so I didn't have to try to explain that each and every episode. Because one thing that was really driven home to me in a few classes and courses and things is that. You have to assume that somebody is always listening to your episode, every episode, for the first time. You're always going to have a first-time listener. And so the benefit of having a a bit of an intro is that you can kind of give them that little elevator pitch of what are you going to hear, what can you expect. And so that's what I've tried to stick with. And it was easier for me just to pre-record a little something and add a little music to it and kind of polish it up a bit. And then I can just drop that in at the beginning and the end of each one. But I know that there's some people who will say that's the worst way to do it. And it takes away all the spontaneity (laughs) and it takes away all of the personality. And but I don't care. (laughs) Uh, So that that first one that trailed off a little bit. Why? What inspired you to do the second one? This is the one I have. I've listened to one or two of your original podcasts. But this new one is the one that like really gets me. And it's the one when I talked to you, you were passionate about when we met for the first time. So tell me about this second podcast and how it started up and how it's different from that first one. So the first one, what I found is I started losing interest, honestly. And the reason I was losing interest is because I, I felt like I was just saying all the things into the podcast that I was, I was kind of covering in my day-to-day job. I was just kind of bored with it. I was like, you know, I don't really want to just talk about pet care. Like so I these would that. be like the same messages mm-hmm. when you're in the exam room and talking to people, you're kind of just telling people in a wider venue, the exact yeah. same stuff that you have to talk to. Yeah. Day, just about. in a little bit, in a little bit different way, you sure. know? And so it's fun. And I, but it was just, I don't know, it wasn't really sparking anything in me. And so 
I found as I, that towards the end of that one, I was going through a little bit of a shift even in that one. And it started recording some stuff that was more about the struggles of being a veterinarian. And, you know, we all are in my world anyway, we've all heard all the statistics about how mentally mental health is a huge issue. And there's all kinds of challenges within the profession just to maintain like my own, my own personal struggles with burnout and those kinds of things. And I found that I really like talking about that stuff more than the pet care side of it. And so, and it's really hard to try to break through into that pet care world. If I really, really wanted to try to build an audience there, I found that I was going to have to go places I didn't really want to go. I didn't really want to market myself into that niche. And so, and I, and really what resonated more with me was, the veterinarians themselves and, you know, our struggles and what it, what it actually looks like. I wanted to pull that curtain back just a little bit and say, this is what it is. This is the realities. And that's when I think, I think even you and I had, I'd kind of like, I don't really know what to do with it, but this is where I'm at um, emotionally. And, and it just sort of evolved into, I want to talk to veterinarians. I want to be a voice for them and not necessarily a voice for the pet parents. No offense, pet parents. I love you. You guys are great, but (laughs) you know, it just, and so through some Facebook groups that I was in, uh, veterinary Facebook groups, I kind of just said, Hey, is there anybody else interested in doing something like this because I wanted it to be more of a conversation. I didn't want it to be just me lamenting over my personal struggles. So I just asked and there was two women in the group who replied very quickly and said, "Yeah, yeah, we want to do something like that too. Let's let's figure this out." And that's literally how it happened and we just started conversing through online stuff. And what's funny is that we have never met in real life. And you didn't know them before the group in the podcast. No, mm -mm, no. We were in some similar uh, groups, you know, veterinary groups online, but nothing beyond that. And so we're in three different time zones. I'm in Kansas, one's in Idaho and the other is in New Jersey. And so, but we, we, so we just started getting together on some video calls and just messenger and that kind of thing. And so, well, what do we want to say? What do we want to do? And little by little, we started piecing it together that we wanted to just talk about the struggles of being a practicing veterinarian. Granted, it does come from the voice of three women. So it does focus on, um, you know, not to be too, we kind of questioned, are we going to do just veterinary women stuff? And we decided since we all three were women, that was going to be the easiest for us to speak on. We weren't going to pretend to speak about what it's like for the males in the profession because. Well, so there's the, I mean, there's the, there, there was a shift. um, There was a shift in the past few decades where now the first, the first switch over was there were more women in incoming veterinary classes. And then Mm -hmm. the switch was, we turned the corner where there are more women veterinarians now than males. So women are the, so it isn't that crazy to be three women on a veterinarian podcast. Right. And what's funny is that two of us are also married to veterinarians. And so we always, (laughs) our husbands are like, well, what about us? We'll start your own podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I can tell you how to do it. It's actually pretty easy. And so... So, well, yeah, you, we just had, you know, I was just going to ask in the things you talk about, do you feel like, um, do, uh, do you feel like it applies to every, do you ever steer conversations? Do you ever feel like, oh, we're talking too much about our perspective and we need to include others? Or do you feel like it's pretty applicable to everybody? We do find that we need to, not need, but we find that we do kind of get, we're all mothers. And so we do have a tendency to, to bring that up because it's such a huge part of our lives and balancing marriage, motherhood and practice and, and, you know, all of the challenges that brings and begin, because that is our experience. We do naturally kind of fall into those conversations, but we do also realize that there are a lot of listeners who are not mothers or they're much earlier in their careers and maybe haven't found their partners yet. And, you know, and motherhood is not necessarily the route that everybody will go. And so we do try to be conscious of that. And sometimes that means talking to others or bringing on guests that are in different places in their journey um, to get some other perspectives so that it's not just us all the time. Um, 
And we do, we do kind of lean into that a little bit, but we do inevitably start talking about our kids. And I think that's just a parent thing to do. And, <laughs> and they provide us, they provide us a lot of content. So, but we, and we have struggled a little bit and maybe struggle isn't the right word. We've had conversations about, you know, ultimately what is our, who is our listener? You know, what is our avatar? That's kind of a term that gets thrown out there and, and you can be very specific about, oh, I am only speaking to women who are mothers in the veterinary profession, and that's it. Yes. And, and you can do that, but you're going to really narrow your audience. And so we branched it out to we really want to be in conversation with with just women in general in the profession. And we don't mean to we don't, we have, we do have mixed feelings about, we don't necessarily want to exclude the male voice, but we just haven't really crossed over into that threshold. And and we have had a few names that we've thrown out that maybe we should bring them into interview. And we have had, um, we had a big group one during the whole COVID stuff that had, there was a, a, a male veterinarian who joined the call and it was great. And so we've thought about doing more of that, but I don't foresee us really marketing ourselves to the men in the profession. Cause honestly, I don't think they're going to be entertained by us. Right. Do have you ever gotten feedback? I will tell you again, when I was working in veterinary publishing, we did some things about parenting and how it's hard for veterinarians to balance this very, sometimes very difficult medical career with all the thing, all the things they're responsible for in their personal life. And so we did get feedback that like, you know, you're talking about parenting. Well, I'm not a parent. So the fact yeah. that we even put anything out there about parenting meant some people felt, again, because of their own stuff, they felt judged, they felt left out, even though we had special things that were for non-parents and made a point of calling that out. It just kind of wasn't enough. They wanted to see themselves reflected in all the content. Have you ever gotten feedback from anybody who have that same thing. They want to be reflected in your content and they can't because they're not you and they don't have your experience. I don't know. Not yet. Not specifically. Um, And maybe they are having those thoughts and they just haven't sent us the messages or um, we have a lot of following. We've been kind of getting some more traction in the veterinary student world. Uh And so I think a lot of women in that space, you know, they may not know their path quite yet. You know, they don't, children and families are, are kind of, up in the air are question marks for a lot of them. And so, it, and I, we've actually been trying to maybe steer our voices more towards the veterinary students too, mentorship. And, um, that's, how, that's an area that we really want to maybe move a little deeper into because we are finding some gaps and some voids within the profession about, you know, bringing some of these different generations together. And, and so we do, at first we thought we were going to talk a lot more about working moms and motherhood. And we do have a few episodes that definitely focus on things like that, but we've really been trying now to look at, well, what would we want to tell the younger versions of ourselves? You know, that's really where we're kind of steering the conversation is that let's, let's, yeah, we'll bring in some things about the younger version of me didn't have three kids and and that kind of stuff. But, um, so I, it's, we have been conscious of that. And because I, I have written a few things or posted a few things sometimes that have been specific about motherhood. And yes, I have definitely gotten some of that feedback on a personal standpoint from some things that I've posted. So I know exactly what you're talking about. And, you know, it's not intentional. We don't really want to exclude anybody. And, you know, I think I've said it several times now, we just speak to what our own experience is and, And so, and I think, but where we could improve, or I think where we can maybe do better is bringing in other voices that have different experiences. Now, can I ask about that? Because I know it can be difficult. You kind of like with that first podcast, it sort of drifted off. It's because you weren't passionate about it anymore. Do you have to walk any kind of line with the podcast? Are there things you naturally want to talk about with these two women on the podcast? And then other ones where you guys really try to shove something in and, you know, you ju- you just don't have the passion for it. And so it just doesn't click. So in other words, you could try to be include all these things and cover this wider base, but it's hard because it just doesn't quite click for the three of you. Yeah. I mean, there's no way you're going to make everybody happy. You can't, <laughs> you can't, you can't record and write in that for, for every, every inclination that's out there. 
And yeah, we will throw ideas out and say, what do we want to talk about? You know, um, and if it doesn't resonate with us, we just move on. Like it, because we can't force, like you said, we can't force ourselves to talk about something if we're not into it and we're not at least a little bit passionate about it. It's going to be a very boring conversation. And so we, we have tried to, what we'll do is going to go through the different groups that we're all part of and kind of try to find where the hot topics are, you know, what's, what's getting a lot of traction in some of those groups where a lot of the conversations happening. And, you know, then we're like, okay, well then can we add something to that conversation? Cause if we can't add anything new to it, then there's really no point either. Um, and we also want to try to make it where we each maybe come from a slightly different perspective. There's been a few times where we've pushed ourselves to maybe take on what you know, if I would normally feel one way about a topic and Maria would feel another way about a topic, we've said, okay, let's yeah. challenge ourselves a little bit. Let's try to take on the opposite position a little. And we've, we've played around with that every so often. Do you um, talk that, do you, does that evolve during the podcast or do you do a little pre-planning where you're like, this is what we're going to talk about this time. Why don't we try this? We generally will figure out what our topic is a day or two before we record, just so we can all kind of gather up, you know, just if we have certain points that we want to make or we have opinions that we want to gather. So, yeah, that's usually not much more than a day or two ahead of time, to be honest with you. Um, Sometimes it's an hour before we record. Um, And then right when we first hop on together, because we do it all through Zoom, we thought we were revolutionary in the Zoom world. And then COVID (laughs) happened and everybody's on Zoom. Everybody went Zoom. But we so that before we actually hit record, we just chat for a few minutes and say, okay, um, because we do one of the things we do at the end of each episode is a win, a fail and a hack. You know, one of us will share a win they've had. One of us will share a fail and a hack. And it can either be a life hack, a clinic hack or, you know, motherhood fail or win, whatever it is. There's no no rules really for it. Yeah. And so we just sit down. Okay, here's what we're talking about. One person will kind of be the the host per se, kind of guide the conversation. And then we say, who wants to do the win? Who wants, you know, we just kind of say, oh, I'll do this this week. I'll do this. And um, we just try to rotate it. So we get some variety to the voices. I, shocking to everybody, have a tendency to talk a lot. (laughs) (laughs) And so the ones I've listened to, again, I think you have the natural tendency to want to steer it. If the energy's coming down, you're the one who throws in, okay, do you have your hack or do you have your, what was your fail this week? Yeah, I, yeah, I, well, and I know that I, when I'm editing, I do, I do a lot of the editing. We, we try to split up the editing, but for just different reasons, I've, I've done, I think a majority of the editing, um, and I get so tired of hearing my own voice and I'm like, Oh, I need to shut up. But I, that has always been my personality style from, from the time I was, I don't know, probably seventh grade, eighth grade that I, I do have a tendency to monopolize the conversation. So wait, can I ask about that? Um, I know there are times I feel like there have also been, I've kind of experienced that sometimes too. If you can talk, sometimes you just yammer, not you. I'm talking about proverbial <laughs> you, which is me, but there's also been, I feel like there's psychology stuff out there and communication stuff out there and also spiritual stuff out there. That's about stopping to listen. And you just have to, it feels awkward. There's a pause or there's a dead space. Mm-hmm. And so instead of filling it, you just have to force, you just have to force yourself. Well, I'm just not going to talk now and see what happens. Do you, do you do that? I'm trying to be better about that okay. because <laughs> no, that, that uncomfortable pause, that uncomfortable uh-huh. silence, it does, it is awkward, but I am learning now, you know, like I said, through some my own sort of personal work and some of this other stuff is that, yeah, it really, you do just have to keep your mouth shut and let the other person Some people just need that they need that pause to be able to speak and if you take it from them they'll never speak and i found that in the exam room too and maybe that's been as a veterinarian and i need to listen to my clients and i need to let them tell their story so that i can help diagnose their pet that yeah if i just give a silence for a while and let them keep talking then i get more information and that's something I definitely need to be more conscious of in these other recorded conversations as well. 
do the do do you do the three of you ever have conversations meta conversations about the podcast where you're like well i think so and so didn't talk enough or do you guys talk about how the things went or does it sort of flow naturally you tweak it a little bit and then you put it out in the world how much meta meta stuff do the three of you talk about at the beginning there was definitely a lot more because we were all figuring it out and we we were having a lot more technical conversations and you know trying to make sure okay this somebody's microphone sounds off what is that you know can we or after you get done editing for a while, you'd come back and be like, you know, there was this weird background noise and in some of those types of technical things, as far as the actual conversation flow itself, you know, that's really been very natural. We've, we've always clicked pretty well. And at least I think so. Maybe if you ask them, they'll tell you something (laughs) different in my own happy bubble. Um, uh, Anne is really good. She keeps a running list of who has done what each episode. She kind of keeps us on track of, all right, well, Melissa, you've done the hack two weeks in a row. Now, you know, we're, we need to kind of switch it up a little bit in which I love that she is on that and kind of keeps track of that for us. And, um, we've had very few conflicts really. It's just been, you know, we're all pretty easygoing personalities and, and when it comes to, and they, Anne and Maria will tell you that they have sort of looked to me as the leader to start with only because I was a veteran of like eight months when we got started because I had done the other <laughs> project and I kept saying, guys, no, I, I don't know that much, but, um, so, and I was okay with that and I still, I still am okay with that, but they've been growing and, and getting more confidence too. So I think now we, it is just more of an open, natural conversation and we, we don't get too hung up in how it, and we also, one thing we've learned, the magic of editing, you can say whatever you want and you can always take it out. So <laughs> we, how often do you guys cut a piece out? Not just a little one comment, but we need to cut that. Is it typically a tiny comment or a whole conversation you guys, you'll cut out? We will cut out like like 30 to 60 second chunks here and there. And that's mainly for time because okay. we try to keep it between 30 and 40 minutes. And we feel like that's kind of our sweet spot. If it goes beyond that, it, it can drag on unless the conversation really is very, very riveting. Yeah. We'll, we'll go longer. But we have, you know, if I'm editing and I feel like, man, we've already, we're just repeating ourselves at this point, then we'll cut out a chunk. You know, if it's, if it's pertinent and relevant to the conversation, we leave it in. There's been a few things where we just flub up our words and just, (laughs) just, you know, and with a couple tangents we'll get off on that have nothing to do with what the topic is. And we just went somewhere totally different. We've left a few of those in because they're funny. But some like, yeah, we don't want to waste anybody's time. If you're tuning in because you want to hear us talk about maternity leave and we start talking about our favorite Netflix show, you know, you know, we don't want to we don't want to take up too much of that time. Uh, You said at the very beginning when it was first pitched to you that um, that person was helping you with your website Mm -hmm. said you should do audio and you already had a sort of maybe you had a position already. I don't really like the sound of my voice. Could you tell me a little bit about how it has felt doing the audio and the podcast over? How does it feel to do them now? And how is it different from when you first started? What's yeah, if that makes sense. It does make sense because it was so awkward. And I even go back and listen to some of my very first episodes of the other one. I'm thinking, oh, man, that does not sound like me at all. (laughs) And I was and I think the first few were definitely a lot more scripted and it sounded scripted. And I was also not sure from a logistics standpoint of when I was going to record as far as am I going to record in the evenings when my family is awake? Am I going to record only on my day off when I don't get that many days off each, each month really. And I thought, okay, I can wake up early. I thought my household is asleep. I'll get up and record at like five 30 in the morning. Well, then I was so afraid that I was going to wake up everybody, even though I'm down in the basement and in the corner I was talking so quietly. I didn't want the people to. And then I'm like, oh man, then it sounds like I'm trying to be sultry or something like that. And so 
it just was, I, I didn't know how to do it. And so, but then I heard a lot of other really established podcasters. They, everybody joked around with, oh, your first ones are going to suck. Just accept it. That's a rite of passage. You're going to have horrible first episodes and don't worry about it. Don't sweat it. And then as I got to editing more, really the editing process has helped me a lot because you hear all the stuff that you don't hear when you're speaking. And when you start listening into it, to it from an editor's ear, audio editing, you're like, oh, okay, next time I need to say it this way. And just kind of, and again, I think that voiceover course really, really helped a lot. And I, if I had to give advice to anybody who's thinking of doing some podcasting, uh, look, look for something like that. I mean, and I can, I can give the the name or the link if you want it. Um, actually that she lives in Kansas city. Um, it, it, does she do it all? Is it all online? Like she's do online mm-hmm. training? Yeah, yeah it was okay. online. I'm not it, <clears throat> Carrie Olson and it's uh, Carrie Olson. Wait, oh gosh. Now I'm drawing a blank on the actual it. She does a whole, her whole, she has a whole business kind of set up for kind of getting people started in voiceover work, which is a whole okay. different career that has a lot of potential for a lot of people. Um, but it was really just how to control your voice, how to do some editing and, that gave me a lot of confidence because then I started taking some of that in and, and then I would practice really just on my own and I could hear the difference in it. And so, um, that was a big, big confidence builder for me. Cause I was the person before then it would take me 16 tries just to record my outgoing voicemail on my phone, greeting on my phone because I'm like, Oh, that sounds horrible. I can't do it that way. <laughs> So you really did have a, yeah, you really did have a hang up with the final product of what you said that comes out of your mouth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then well, so, when, yeah, well, then we had a random thing at work. We decided at the, my real life job that we were going to do a little instructional kind of video animated video thing on like flea preventatives and the flea uh-huh. life cycle. Uh, one of my techs, saw, Hey, this will be fun to do. And she really liked doing, there was like some free animated program you could use. And we needed to, she said, well, will you do the audio for it? And I was right when I was getting started with all the podcasting stuff. And I thought, you know, this will be good practice for me to do that. And then um, I had a lot of fun with that. And I thought, oh, maybe this isn't so bad after all. Maybe I, <laughs> I do kind of like doing this. What? So that it sounds good for you. What do others think about it when you tell people the different people in your life and strangers, hey, I have a podcast or I do podcasting, what reactions do you get? Uh, I get a lot of eye rolls in some crowds. <laughs> I, Wait, what crowds are, what? what's a typical crowd that you think if you mention podcasting, people are going to be like, ugh? Uh, so my, I think just like kind of my, I don't want to say my local group of friends, not my friends, but I don't people that I'm around that are very, I live in a very rural area. So I guess okay. maybe I'll preface it with that. Uh, very rural Midwest, small town. And so I am friends with a lot of people and family members who websites and blogs and podcasts and things like that just aren't the norm. That's not what you do. You know, you, you farm, you get a job, you are a veterinarian, you know, you have all these very traditional classic roles. And so doing something like this is very non-traditional and a lot of them don't understand it. And maybe you don't even listen to podcasts. So they don't, they don't kind of get it. And so it may be eye rolls a little harsh, but it's just kind of like, oh, that's interesting, you know, and, um, but it's so funny that was randomly, it's, well, maybe, I don't remember how months ago I was at an event, kind of a fundraising event here locally. And it was, it was a lot of people that, again, I would never have expected to, they were definitely not the podcast crowd, I guess. And I, that's probably not a, I don't know if that's a fair term to use, but, uh, but then this gentleman came up to me who is a friend of my husband, who's a younger single guy. Uh, he's lives down in Wichita and he randomly is like, Hey, yeah, I was listening to your pod, your podcast, like my pet parenting one. And I had no idea that he even knew it existed. And he's like, 
and he's like, I've listened to every single episode and he was telling me all about it. And I was like, Oh, okay. And so it was a lot of fun for that to sort of organically happen. It wasn't like I was sending the link out to my family and friends. I'm like, Hey, if would you download this for me as a favor? Right. You know, that pandering for listeners that happens at the very beginning. And I was, you know, and somehow I don't know how he found he found it, you know, whether it was through a friend of a friend or what, but, um, it was, so that was one of my true, like, like I said, organic sort of natural. I love it. I'm a fan. And Oh, my ego just ate it up. But. <laughs> what, what is the, so for you, what is the bench? So you did it cause you thought it was fun. Uh, it, it spoke to you. You were passionate about it for you. Where is the line between what you're doing to, for you and the other two women who work on this podcast with you, what you do for yourselves and how much you want some outside recognition of success or outside recognition of enjoyment. How does that balance in you? When I first started, I really thought that I was going to go down the, the path of monetizing the website, monetizing the blog, trying to get enough listeners and downloads. I really thought I wanted to make this, a money-making thing. Okay. And I, that, that stems from my desperateness to be out of traditional practice. And that was really coming from a place where I was so burnt out and practiced that I was looking for anything as an alternative. Okay. And I had built this up in my head that I could do this other thing. And I was going to be the next Dak Shepard. I was going to be, you know, one of these just great, personalities and I was going to get this amazing following and I was going to monetize and all these things. And that was going to be awesome. But the reality was that, that those, that just wasn't in the cards for that first project. I, I, lots of reasons. I just didn't have the time to build that business. I found out, like we said, I didn't have the passion necessarily for that. Yeah. And so then I was really left with, I was kind of in a, another kind of down place at that point of, am I going to let it go? Am I just going to let, or am I just going to do this as a hobby for fun and, and just leave it as that? And as I started, when I connected with Anne and Maria and we started talking about some of our shared values and our shared goals. And now we really want to use this as a tool to help our profession. And if it makes some money in the future, great. Uh, you know, I don't think that it has to per se, we are kind of at a point where we spent some money as far as developing and, and hosting and some other things where we're, we are having some conversations about, all right, if we're going to devote the hours to it, maybe we do need to have some sort of income just to offset the expenses. And we're kind of playing around with some ideas. Yeah. But I personally am really trying to find my way to, I want it to be, I, I want it to be a bridge in the profession. I really want to bring the younger generation and the older generations. And I kind of consider myself in the middle of those two. I'm not ready to consider myself the older generation quite yet, <laughs> okay. uh, but I feel like there's such a void, you know, we just really, now we want to build this platform of building community and, and, you know, bringing, bringing different people together within the profession. And I know how Tony Robbins that sounds right now, but, um, you know, I, it doesn't have to make money per se, but I can't keep bleeding a bunch of money into it, if that makes any sense also. So I don't remember your original question because I've now been talking too long. So <laughs> now I don't feel bad because that happens. You know, I, I just wanted to know where, so for you personally, I mean, what's, what is, what's going to be the benchmark of success? How much is it just, the three of you talking and enjoying yeah. the time doing that because you are devoting time. It's not like you're just, mm -hmm. again, you're oh, yeah. a, so it's, you got forget the money, even if it's cheap to do, time. you guys are having to devote in busy lives, having to devote time to do this. What's the, what would, what's the, what's your win? What's the thing that make it worth it to make you feel good? For me personally, I really would like to maybe bridge into the speaking side of things of, okay. you know, within the industry, I'd like for it to maybe launch a little bit of, of that sort of thing. Um, you know, and I, whether it's vet students or conferences, you know, I don't, that's never going to be enough money to, to 
make up for what I make in practice. And I don't really sure. want to leave practice. At one point I thought I really needed to leave practice, but I, I don't. And part of doing all this actually has rejuvenated me in, t- in that aspect because now when I'm in the exam room and I'm in a frustrating situation, I can look at it as and frame it as, oh, this could be content. This could be, <laughs> you know, this these are the things I could we could talk about, and we can go, like, okay, this really sucked, and if it sucks for me, it sucks for other people too, and so let's talk about it, and let's educate young graduates about what to expect and that kind of thing, and so uh, it really has helped me in my practice life as well. So I I don't feel like I need to need or want to leave practice, but I do want to pursue enhancing it in other ways. And I, I want to be able to, I let's face it, I'm an attention hound. So I like to be in front of a room. I like to be in front of an audience and I'm not ashamed of that at all. And so if I have something to say, I wouldn't mind saying it to people yeah. in a, in a live format. So yeah. And if they pay me a few dollars to do it, even better. But honestly, I would <laughs> probably do it for free. <laughs> so. But yeah, it is nice if you know they'll cover some of your expenses. That's good. Yeah, yeah. Which makes my husband much happier because he he's tolerating me doing all of this. Uh, for him, he looks at it as this is a hobby. You know, he has his hobbies. He spends money on his. He doesn't golf a whole lot, but I kind of use that as an analogy, you know, for people who like to golf or hunt or fish or, you know, do anything like that, you're going to spend some money on your equipment. You're going to spend money on going your greens fees. You're going to, you know, you're going to have money that you spend, but it's, it's worth it to you because it helps just fulfill you and your mental well-being. And, and so right now that for him, I think he looks at it like, this is, this is a hobby that's making my wife happy. She's in a better mood and you know, it's not, as long as it's not terribly intrusive on our family time, then, then it, everything's, everything's cool. Yeah. Now, if I were to say, oh, I want to be gone and traveling and speaking, and I'm going to be away from the family, he's not going to be okay with that if there's not some sort of monetary outcome. You know, that's just the reality of it. So there's a balance there and we're trying to figure that out. I don't know exactly what it'll look like in the next few years, but we'll see. I, well, if you're feeling uncertain, I think that's probably perfect for the time right now where everything feels uncertain. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, and who knows when we're going to get to speak in front of audiences again. So. Yeah, exactly. Doing this during the COVID-19 pandemic where all the conferences, almost all of them are canceling and they're going virtual and all that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I wonder well, how many podcasts have been birthed during all of this. I'm going to guess a lot. I think that there's probably a lot of people who are now <laughs> jumping into the world of of podcasting more so even than before i would think so i haven't dug in but yeah all these people who spent all this time meeting face-to-face either going to workplaces to meet with people or going in front of people in classes at conferences uh and now not having that time and they have that time in their business schedule to do so what are they going to do with that how are you going to get in front of people it's tough yeah yeah well melissa i really appreciate you making the time it was really fun to talk about this well Thank you for asking me to talk about this. (laughs) Sure. Uh, This is Dr. Melissa Detweiler, and she is a veterinarian turned podcaster.